if you know this, but when you're interviewing and checking out a preacher, we're checking you out as well. And uh, as I was doing that, one of the calls I made was to Chris Blair. And uh, he said, it's the most loving group of people I've been a part of. He loved you. And so uh, that's a hard blow, I know, for you because I've talked to a lot of you today and know that you loved him as well. Um, You're going to have to give me some grace this morning because uh, my heart is in a van um, somewhere between here and... uh, Bandera, Texas, and I'm a bit of a control freak. Thank you, Hillary, for not saying amen. Um, I, I am a bit of a control freak, and the fact that my children are in a van that I have no control over is terrifying me. Some of you are nodding your heads because you remember when it was you, and, and you're going to come tell me later. It's going to be okay. They, they're going to make it, but um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit distracted this morning, so bear with me. I have to do a couple of things. Um, I want you to remember to pray for our campers this week. We sent 20 folks to camp, adults and children. Two full vans. Man, that's awesome. I'm, I'm thrilled about this. And uh, ages 9 to 18, um, and, and, and then everything in between. And so I want you this week, when you're praying, pray hard. Pray, pray for them, not just for their safety and, and for fun, but that they experience God, because that's ultimately what, what the the point of camp is all about. Also this week, um, I know many of you have been saving up clothing for our clothing giveaway. That is something that this congregation is known for throughout the area. That's going to be August the 3rd, and they are, the, the time now is to start bringing those donations. And Classroom D down here is set aside to receive those. If you bring those during the day, um, call ahead and make sure that, that Amy is ready to help you and, and can unlock the door and, and let you in and everything. And uh, that, that's just a, a good rule of thumb. Um, she's going to be here by herself most of the week, so uh, I, I, I'm wanting her to keep all the doors locked, and, and you know, so y'all let her know you're coming. Um, so those are the things that are going on. In addition to camp and everything, we just got back from vacation, um, and we like to we like to every once in a while take a little time and get away. I, I like to get on a cruise ship because. Uh, there is no cell phone, and there it is, no cell phone, no uh, uh, internet, no email, uh, no nothing. You know, I, I, can, I can sit and read my book, and uh, nobody messes with me. Um, actually, it was really funny because I ran into Patsy Vaughn on this boat. Um, so she didn't mess with me, though. Um, so this time, though, we were accompanied by my wife's sister and her three boys, a nine-year-old, a five-year-old, and a three-year-old. And so now some of you are saying, that don't sound like a vacation. Um, and that's true, but it wasn't bad. I, I, I love my kids. I love my nephews. And, and you know, I'm, I'm the, the funkle. I'm the fun uncle. I, we, we play. And uh, I, I went down the water slide as many times as they did. And uh, you, now, now I'll tell you, to get to that water slide, there is about somewhere around 145 million stairs. Um, and, and, and when you're a, a 50-year-old fat man, those stairs get longer each time you go up. And, uh, but I was going with them, and, and, and I'd get a little bit further behind every time. And one of those times, I'm chasing them. My five-year-old nephew is in front of me. And, and way in front of me because he's got shorter legs and a lot more energy. And, and I get, I'm, I'm huffing and puffing up the stairs, not focused on what I'm doing. And I hear, Uncle Jeff! 
And I look up and he's flying. He's somewhere about right here. He has jumped off the top step and he's coming. And, and I have time to do this and he slams into me. Luckily, we don't fall down the stairs. And, and then we go and, and ride down the water slide. Now, here's the point of that. As, as I was thinking about it, as I was thinking about this lesson, it, it kind of it made me proud. He, he jumped before he yelled. He trusted that I was going to catch him before he even yelled to get my attention. Um, that's that faith, that innocence, that trust of, of a five-year-old. Um, his picture's next, Brent. Hit that. There he is. We're playing with the monkeys. Um, but, but that trust, it, 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 it sort of makes me sad, too, because those days are numbered, you know? The, the days of trust, the days of innocence, the days of, 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 of trusting and believing in, in, in people. You know, if we're honest, a lot of us who are adults admit that we don't really trust a whole lot of people, Right? I don't. I'm really, really cynical. And, and it's, a, it's a struggle for me to, to, to trust. A recent survey of more than 35,000 adults found that the Christian percentage of the population dropped to 70.6%. In 2007, the last time Pew had conducted a similar survey, 78.4% of Americans called themselves Christian. So you see that drop. In the meantime, almost every major branch of Christianity in the United States has lost a significant number of members. More than one-third of, of millennials now say that they are unaffiliated with any faith, or they're the, the nuns. When, when they're asked what their religious affiliation is, they put none. And this makes us realize that, that our young people are, are struggling with, with faith. Maybe an entire generation um, that, that believes that faith is not all that important any, anymore. Um, and, and faith and trust are, are intertwined. They're not the same, but they are. They're, they're, they're connected. Faith and trust are, are, are very much connected. And we see that eroding in our culture. And you start to say, well, well why? Well, there's a lot of reasons. I mean... We've been advertised to our whole lives, right? I mean, our childhood revolves around merchandising and, and merchandising that was connected to movies. Some of us in younger generations, they created the toy before they created the movie or the television show that they were going to use to sell us the toy, right? And, and we start to, as we get older, get more cynical because we realize that not all advertising is true that everything doesn't do what it says it's going to do, or everything doesn't bring me the, the happiness and joy that the people on the commercial have. And, and, and so we start gauging things by, what are you trying to sell me? What are you trying to sell me on, and am I buying it? And then we've been lied to, flat out lied to. A lot of us have been lied to by adults in our lives, by uh, authority figures, um, we grew up with role models that have fallen, heroes that we look up to. And, and you can think of, of, of who those people are. 
celebrities or sports figures or whatever that, that you looked up to for some reason. And, and for one reason or another, we see them fall and, and, and it changes the way we, we view the world because we start to wonder how much can we trust anything. We've also grown up in an age of, of fake news and, and government lies. We, we, all our politicians, we just assume they're lying most of the time. I mean, let's be honest. If I say politician, you gauge they're not totally telling the truth all the time. They're not totally going to follow through on all the promises that they're making. We just accept that, and that bleeds over into our whole lives. We can't trust. We've even, if we're honest, been lied to by the church. That, that we start getting pandered to or we start getting cover-ups or we see people who, who would, uh, would, would, would chastise one another for the use of a curse word but would turn around and turn their back on, on those who are less fortunate. We see churches building multi-million dollar buildings while people right down the street don't have running water or indoor plumbing. And, and, and we start to get jaded about all those things. And so the, the question then becomes, how do we address a culture that's losing the ability to trust and explain faith to them? Because they don't trust anymore. Well, as we wind up our Real God series, we're pulling all these attributes together to, to look at the one that speaks the most to our world today, I think. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. And faithfulness encompasses all the attributes of God that we've looked at throughout this series. So if you were in class this morning, we defined faithfulness as steadfast in affection. That's a good definition. I love the wording. Steadfast in affection. That, that God is, when we say God is faithful, we mean that, that He is dependable or trustworthy. He is staunch. He is, he is resolute, constant, reliable. He is true to His Word. His promises always come through. Always. 100% of the time. Well, then we ask, how, how can God be faithful 100% of the time? Now, that question takes us to all those other attributes. His his holiness, His love, His justice, His power, that, that He is all-powerful. He never encounters anything or anyone that can thwart His plans or purposes. He is holy. He is pure and honest, full of integrity, unable to lie, and therefore is always consistent 100% of the time. He is eternal. He's not affected by space and time. He, is, he, is, he sees the end and the beginning all at the same time. He is, he is omnipotent, all-powerful. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere. Nothing can happen outside of the sphere of God's influence. He is immutable. That means He never changes. He, he's never different then than He is now. He's, he's never having a bad day or in a bad mood. Uh, A.W. Tozer writes it this way in Knowledge of the Holy. All of God's acts are consistent with all of His attributes. No attribute contradicts any other, but all harmonize and blend into each other in the infinite abyss of the Godhead. He is at once faithful and immutable, so all His words and acts must be and remain faithful. So all of these attributes, none of them contradict each other. They all come together. His love, His majesty, His power, His goodness, His holiness into this, this infinite abyss, as Tozer calls it. This, this God who, who speaks galaxies into existence and yet says to you and me, 
I want to be part of your life. Over and over again, we see references in Scripture to His faithfulness. We're going to run, we'll run through a bunch of them. Deuteronomy 7, 9. Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love Him and keeps His commandments to a thousand generations. Joshua 21, 45. Not one of all the Lord's good promises to Israel failed. Every one was fulfilled. Psalm 119, 90. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth and it stands fast. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. 1 Corinthians 1, 9. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. We can continue. We can go on and on and on. These are just some of the ones that mention the term. But there are even more where it talks about how God consistently keeps His promises. There's the whole story of Abraham. And and here he is in Genesis. God makes this promise to him. God makes this covenant with him. I'm going to make you a great nation. And then thousands of years later, it's coming to fruition. It's totally fulfilled in a way that he would never imagine. Because God is faithful. A being who makes a promise and thousands of years later brings it into fulfillment. Paul, when he's talking to to Timothy, a young minister, and and telling him how to to reach out, how to minister to a culture that that is very similar in in ours in distrust. In in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11 through 13, Paul says, This saying is trustworthy. For if we have died with Him, we will also live with Him. If we endure, we will also reign with Him. If we deny Him, He will also deny us. If we are faithless, He remains faithful, for He cannot deny Himself. And so we have to say to this culture, Paul is telling Timothy, you say to this culture, you want to know who you put your trust in? You want to know who you put your trust in? You put your trust in this. If we die with Him, we will live with Him. Now, do we believe that? Do we really believe that? I mean, honestly. You see it in the moments. We don't see it when when we're just happy and everything's great. We see it in moments like you hear news like we heard this morning. We had a funeral in this space yesterday. And that funeral didn't happen like like a lot of funerals you see uh, of people who mourn without hope. Why? Because they truly believe if we die with Him, we will live with Him. That changes everything. When death is taken off the table, it changes everything. If we die with Him, we will live with Him. You want something to put your trust in? How about this? You will never die in Christ Jesus. That deserved an amen. I miss Ray Clark. Um, It gets tough, though, right? Let's be honest. Life is hard. Life is rough. We struggle. We, We all have been dropped metaphorically, when we've made that jump like Zarek made. We, we have all made that, that jump and been dropped. 
And, and so we stop jumping because we stop knowing who to put our trust in. There are people, I guarantee you, in a room this size, you know who you are. You've been neglected. You've been abused by those who were supposed to be caring for you. And so it's hard for you to trust. That hurts your ability to trust. There are many in this room who've watched people in their lives, maybe even their own family, break their bonds, break their vows that they made to love one another forever. And so it's hard for you to trust because we've been dropped. That hurts our ability to trust. There are some in this room who, who, who you've, been, you've been in that space. You've been with someone who promised you to love you till death do you part. And now you find yourself alone, struggling to trust. You've been beat down, broke down, kicked around. And, and eventually we come to a point where we don't think we can trust again. Paul addresses that in this same place. Paul says we have to endure. If we've died with Him, we'll live with Him. If we endure... If we make it through the struggle right now, we will what? What did he say? Reign. If we endure, we will also reign with him. You will sit on the throne. You will reign with Jesus in eternity. You won't just live forever. You will reign with him as princes and princesses. You want something to put your trust in? How about not just eternal life, but eternal reign? Now, that's where I'm supposed to stop. You know, eternal life, reigning as royalty, that's beautiful, that's majestic. We should sing right now, right? But Scripture doesn't stop there. God is faithful. That means that God's going to do what He says He's going to do. You hear that a lot nowadays. You hear, oh, a loving God wouldn't do this or that. God loves me and He just wants me to be happy. A loving God wouldn't do that to me. God is love and He won't condemn His people. And you're right, He won't condemn you, but you might condemn yourself. This is where we're supposed to stop. We're not supposed to talk about this part. But God is faithful. When God said to Sodom, you need to repent or you're going to be wiped out, He did what He said He would do. When God told Pharaoh, you let my people go, or I'm going to wipe out every firstborn kid, he did what he said he would do. So faithfulness is beautiful. Faithfulness is wonderful. But faithfulness is scary. Because the next line in that passage that Paul gives says, if we deny him, he will also deny us. We don't like that part. We don't want to talk about that. Now, Look, I'm, I'm not here to throw fire and brimstone at you. But I love you. And in love, if we're beside someone every day, whether that's at your work or, or your family or whatever, if in love you aren't saying God is faithful and He is saying that if you continue to deny Him, you're going to be denied. That's what you tell somebody you love. If you see somebody you love dying 
And that means denying Him by your lifestyle, by your words, by your actions, by your business practices, by your whatever. If you deny Him, you will be denied. Now that's not me, that's God. And He is faithful to what He says. But there's still hope in the last part of this passage. He leaves us with hope. If we are faithless, He remains faithful. For he cannot deny himself. See, this is the beautiful part. His faithfulness is not dependent on you. His faithfulness is not dependent on if you're good or not. His faithfulness is not dependent on whether you can keep the law perfectly or not. His faithfulness is not whether you do everything right. His faithfulness is part of who He is. And when we are faithless, not if we are faithless, when we are faithless, He remains faithful. And Do we believe that? I want to challenge you this morning. What if we really believed God? What if we really believed that He is faithful and that He means what He says? That'd change everything. You can live forever. You can reign forever. What if we really believed that? Oh, but Jeff, we believe it. That's why we're here. We're at church this morning because we believe. I'm sorry, but that's kind of microscopic faith. Not supposed to talk about that either. That's not me. I'm just saying, you know, we say, well, Jeff, we believe because we're at church. Well, you know, sitting in a church building doesn't make you a Christian anymore, and sitting in a garage makes you a Cadillac. It it just doesn't work that way. But Jeff, we believe. Well, I think we believe maybe a tiny, tiny, infinitesimal, really, really small bit. I ran out of words. What if we really believed God? Not just this little, I went to church this Sunday faith, but really believe that God's promises are true. Now, don't get mad at me. I'm not insulting your faith. Jesus says that if we had faith the size of a mustard seed, you know how big a mustard seed is? That we could move a mountain. And since the Rockies are still standing, I've got to believe that we hadn't got there yet. So what if we really believed it? What if we really believed we could move mountains? What if we really believed God meant what He said? Wouldn't that change everything? What if we really believe that God could part oceans? What if we really believe that God could slay giants? We all believe that part, right? What if we really believe that God could cure cancer? Oh, now you done gone too far, Jeff. I believe He can part oceans. I believe He can create universes. I believe, but there's a limit. What if we really believed that he was faithful? And and along with that, this passage, what if we really believed that those who deny him will be forever denied? What if we really believe that the person you work beside every day who has no relationship with Jesus is going to die and be cast out forever? Doesn't that change the way you interact? What if we really believed it? What if we really believe that He is faithful? God is faithful. Paul says He cannot deny Himself. He cannot change who He is. God is faithful. And my challenge to you this morning 
is that we really believe that being a disciple is more than being good. Being a disciple is more than, than not cussing. Being a disciple is, 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 is believing that, that, that God is faithful and that He's going to do what He says He's going to do. That He cannot deny Himself. I'm challenging you to take the leap. To take the leap and jump into Him. Jump into God, believing that He's faithful, believing that He will catch you, believing it. It will change our lives. It will change our church. It will change our families. It will change our community if we really believe His promises. If we really believe He is faithful. And I promise you, He'll catch you every single time. He promises that you can live forever. He promises that you can reign with Him. And He's faithful even when we are faithless. So this morning, the challenge is take that leap, take that jump, wherever you are in your walk. There are some of you who are sitting here this morning, and and you've never, ever submitted to Him. You've never, ever given yourself to Christ. This is the time to take that leap, take that jump, take that step. Believe that He says, if we confess our sins, He is, what? Faithful to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Take that step. Take that leap. There are some of us, and, 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 and we're sitting here, and, and we got Sunday morning faith. Hey, that's okay. God bless you. I love you. I'm glad you're here. Because God wants you to know He has so much more in store for you than that. He has so much more in store for you than one hour once a week. You just got to take that leap. You got to take that jump. He is faithful to catch you. So where are you this morning? Are you struggling with trust? Are you struggling with faith? Are you struggling? It's time to endure. If we endure, we will reign. He is faithful. Take that leap. Make that jump right now. Come now while we stand and sing.